0: And welcome back to the Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. And we have somehow soldiered on through this week. It's already Thursday. Thank God we're almost done with this crazy week. July 13th, Thursday morning. Um, gosh, there's no easy way of saying this. I have never felt more, I guess you'd say, isolated. As if I'm Jeremiah walking through the ruins. We literally have a conservative movement. I, I, I'm talking about colleagues, friends. That I, There's just nothing left. There is so much going on, so much to talk about on the courts, on immigration, on Obamacare and healthcare, all the stuff that matters. Republicans, which is the conservative party that they have influence over, they control everything. They can control the direction of the media cycle. They can control the direction of the news cycle. They can control the policy outcomes. They can control a lot of the scandals they're talking about. The ball is in their court. Yet Russia, 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 Russia. Defend, 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 defend everything he does. Oh, but Hillary, but Hillary and Obama, Hillary, they're not president. You know, until now, there was absolutely no evidence of any collusion with Russia on the election. Now, there is evidence they first denied it and lied about it, and then we saw the emails. You can't deny them, that Don Jr. Um, had the emails and was in contact with Russian officials about having oppo on Hillary. Now, we could talk from now until tomorrow about everything the Democrats have done treasonous with Russia and every other foreign power, and it's true. You could, be, you could say something that is right and true in a vacuum, but it's not honest. Look, I mean, dating back to Henry Wallace in the FDR administration, you had downright traitors, literally agents of Russia. I mean, certainly Ted Kennedy during the Reagan era. I mean, you had this all the time. So, but where where do we go from here? They're not president anymore. Okay, Hillary and Obama are not in charge. We are in charge. We need to go in the opposite direction. And if you're worried about Trump getting hit by the news cycle, I got news for you. The ball's in your court. Do the 20, 30 things we've suggested at Conservative Review, and believe me, the last thing the media will be talking about is Russia. Now, to be clear, there, there still is no evidence of criminal wrongdoing. Although, again, who knows what shoe's going to drop with this administration? I can't vouch for them. But it doesn't mean that this is – I mean, if this is something the Democrats would do, we'd be calling it treason. Now, not, not in a legal sense. That's fine. You're right. It's not legal, and Democrats did things that are far more damaging. I was around, uh, you know, fighting the New START Treaty when Obama literally sold out to to Russia. But does – you don't defend something that's wrong. Let's say the other side does 25 things that's wrong and your side does five things that's wrong. You could point out the 25 things the other side does that's wrong. That's fine. You could try to focus on that a lot, but you have to say the five things your side did is wrong too. Now, you could move on from that, but that extra sentence or two acknowledging that makes a huge difference versus downright saying there's no problem. There's nothing wrong here, and the reason why I'm starting off with this is because I haven't written anything. I've written dozens of articles on so many important things, and I want to get to some of that today, Um, but that's the point. They refuse to talk about it. Meaning, either admit that what he did is wrong, or if you are so intellectually dishonest that you can't say that because this is Team Red, then move on and talk about something else. And Trump himself needs to be doing that. This reminds me of a tennis match. You know, a tennis match, the reason why it's on my mind now, I know I give a lot of football analogies. But you have Wimbledon going on, and I, I like tennis. I've had on some of the matches <clears throat> in the background as I'm working throughout the week, and you know, you'll you'll often have a British player. You saw this very evident with Andy Murray, um, where obviously in England the crowd is going to cheer for their person. And my analogy here is the media is the crowd. But then the date, the the crowd is not your opponent. Do they make a difference? Of course they make a difference. In my analogy, I mean, they really rattle the players, and um, I think imperial data, empirical data would show that in most sports, home field advantage does play a role. But what are you going to do about it? I mean, you could shake your fist at them, you can get involved with the audience and get all rattled, or you could focus like a laser beam on defeating your enemy, on putting points on the board, and that's how you defeat them both. The way to defeat the Democrats and the media is by defeating the Democrat and media policy outcomes by blitzkrieging them with so many conservative things on a daily basis, both legislatively, both from the exec- through executive order, judicial reform to clip the courts of their wings so they can't get in your way. And believe me, the last thing they'll talk about is Russia. So if you're going to do indefensible things, at least get the policy outcomes. And this is my biggest problem. Both sides are intellectually dishonest. This is a race to the bottom between the Republicans and Democrats. Because the Democrats did the worst things imaginable, and I'm not saying that sarcastically. I do believe they have done the worst things imaginable imaginable over the last few decades. So there's literally nothing that a Republican could do that we can't say, well, the Democrats did it first. You know, Steve Dace, my buddy, said um, on Twitter that if uh, he's waiting for the first Republican to to murder someone, and he'll be out there with the article to say, "But Kennedy Kennedy did it with Mary Jo Kopechne," <laughs> you know, I mean, th- there's no there's no bottom to this. That's not what God wants from us. If, if, if again, I understand that all of us there's a degree of intellectual dishonesty we're all going to be. That no one's going to perfectly apply the right list litmus test rather than saying oh but the democrats did it the other way around what, put the onus on us what would we be saying if a democrat did this i'm going to say the same thing i understand it's not going to be perfect because you're always worried about your side that fundamentally you believe that your side is right and fundamentally you're getting what you want and you're fundamentally so scared of what the other side is going to do you don't want to help them win or you know so you're going to try to battle anything they throw at your side even if it's true i get that but here's the thing. We're not getting what we want policy wise. We're getting screwed on healthcare and Trump doesn't care. Screwed on the budget. Screwed on keeping Obama's amnesty. Keeping the Iran deal. Keeping the PLO peace process and not moving the embassy. Kissing up to Qatar. You know, last week or earlier this week, I, I uh, did a whole broadcast on, and this was the last podcast on how Trump's Poland speech is meaningless, his actions, and the actions of Tillerson and McMaster completely void them out. I was proven right a day after I put put that out. Tillerson's cutting a deal with Qatar. He was in Turkey getting an award from the Nat- World Petroleum Association, and uh, they said he's an oil man, which is why he's kissing up the Arabs, and uh, saying what a great guy Erdogan is, and praising the people that put down the rebellion against Erdogan. Erdogan's the biggest threat to Western civilization that Trump decried in his Poland speech. This, that's my point. Both sides are intellectually dishonest, but the difference is Democrats at least are dishonest in pursuit of their policy outcomes. At least the Democrats deliver the goods. So I understand that the, you know liberals will defend up and down every indefensible thing Democrats do because it serves the better good in their in their view. We're not getting our policy outcomes, so could we focus on that? Saying like if you're too scared to criticize your own side because you you believe the media is so dishonest and they they ignored when Democrats did such bad things, even though your guy is doing some you know repugnant things, um, but you don't want to give them any points. I end- fine. So then don't talk about it at all. But what you can't do is be dishonest. It's not what God wants from us, you know. In my faith, every week, uh, every Saturday, we uh, re- read a part of uh, part of the Bible, study a part of the Bible. It's a uh, different cycles on you know different parts of the Bible. And uh, last week was Micah six eight. What does God want from you? God doesn't want your public sacrifices. Don't don't give me your sacrifices, as it says you know, oh, I got to save the world. No, he has told you, oh man, what is good and what the Lord demands of you, but to do justice, to love loving kindness, and at least in the translation we, we, we go by, and to walk discreetly with your God, to walk discreetly, to quietly do the right thing. When everyone's yelping, everyone's a liberal, everyone has a glass jaw here, everyone's dishonest, everyone has a double standard. In both directions, stand for what's right. You could say the Democrats are the biggest traitors on Ru- Russia for 40 years, but this was also a, you know, if there's no criminal activity, it's just I, I can't defend it. What do you want me to tell you? It doesn't make it right, the fact that the, the media ignored the Democrats' duplicity with Russia for, for decades, and then all of a sudden the media feigns outrage over Russia when we know they never cared uh, You know, when when Obama and Hillary did things that had more serious policy outcomes, that's all true. I don't disagree with it. But focus, focus on what we need to. And and then, uh, again, I'm not just – what I keep saying, I'm not just coming from a moral standpoint, from a value standpoint. I'm coming from a strategic standpoint. It's dumb because both Trump and the conservative media have become nothing but rear ends to the liberal media. They're completely consumed by them. Wherever they go, we go. Wherever they go, Trump goes. I mean, this is a man that, by all accounts, is literally spending every waking hour, every waking hour, watching Scarborough and these guys. I mean, he's owned by them. They live rent-free in his mind, responding to them further fueling the news cycle about something that you just cannot win on. And this is the other thing. Not only are all the policy um, decisions in his hand, but even as it relates to scandal, oh, it's terrible how how Hillary gets away with murder and Trump gets nailed for everything he does. You have control of the Justice Department, so so I mean the the, the Mueller thing was a perfect that would have been a perfect opportunity once his own DOJ, which it's his fault for keeping Rosenstein there as deputy AG, that turned on him and, and appointed a special. Prosecutor, that would have been a perfect opportunity to say, you know what, we're going to investigate everything, and have a special prosecutor on Hillary and the email scandal. That's in your hands. That ball is in your court, and and actually, Jason Chaffetz, who's the outgoing chairman of the uh, the House Oversight Committee, he actually he put out on Twitter. He tweeted back to Trump. He said. You guys aren't cooperating with us. We're trying to look into Hillary. They're so impotent. That's the problem. Trump says stuff on Twitter and his own shallow state, his own appointees do the opposite. How pathetic is that? I thought this was the strong man, the man that's, oh, he's gonna, he's hes so tough and he's the weakest, I mean, forget about liberal and conservative and there's a, just from a, a management standpoint, he's the weakest president I've ever seen. He's getting owned by his own Appointees, You know, and, and, and just, just so you know how little power the people that got him to power have, like Steve Bannon, um, the State Department is no longer cooperating with my deputy, Jordan Shackdell on foreign policy issues when he makes inquiries because they, they, they basically said you're an agent of Bannon. <laughs> so they, they're accusing us of being agents for Bannon. This is Trump's own State Department. I mean, these should be his people. Tillerson should have flushed this out. Yet their biggest, you know, they'll talk to the liberal media, but they won't talk to conservative review because they say we're agents of Bannon, which is uh, ironic, but I'm just saying, you know, so for all you out there think, oh, Bannon's going to do the right thing. He has no power. And he's not going to get power unless conservatives speak out and demand that Tillerson go or that Trump rein him in. Instead, we just defend spend all day defending the indefensible every single talk radio show, every blog, every every print conservative media. What are you doing? What do you do? You take it to its logical conclusion. There's literally nothing this man can do that we won't say, but Hillary did it. You know, Ted Cruz made the best case against Hillary and Obama on Russia. There was a two-minute clip. Where they ask him about Trump and, you know, you could tell he's uncomfortable with it and he talks around it. And he gives a good indictment of Trump, of, of, of uh, Hillary and, and Obama on, on Russia and how they were much worse on it. But here's the deal. They're no longer in power. We are. We're sitting and complaining. This was criminal what they did. We should investigate. So you know what? You have the power. Move in an opposite direction. So don't go in that direction. You're so outraged by what what Obama and Hillary did. So go in the opposite direction. Stop codifying Obamacare. Stop codifying Hillary's foreign policy. You know, I'm more concerned about Tillerson continuing Hillary's foreign policy than relitigating Hillary's tenure as secretary of state. Because we have Hillary as secretary of state under our flag, under Trump's flag. This is what's so frustrating. It's so hypocritical. It's so self-contradictory so intellectually dishonest and it's just strategically stupid back to my tennis analogy you know, you watch these games and you could tell pretty early on who's in command who is the one making the shots the good backhands the good forearms and chasing the other guy around the court forcing the other guy to chase around your balls you're basically in control the ball is going where you want it to go the player has to run after it and and eventually you win you win most of the most of those volleys right now what trump and the conservative media and the so-called conservative movement is it, it, it's like that guy playing Roger Federer you know just we're just like run, running all over the court and just wherever they want to take take us it doesn't have to be this way it doesn't have to be this way we could be making our shots and making them cover what we want to cover from a position of strength on the issues that resonate with the people. Punch through it. No, Daniel, we first have to defeat the media. What do you, what, what, explain to me what that looks like. What do you mean defeat? You can't shut them down. They're still going to be here. They're not going to go out of business, and they're not on the ballot. We are. So get the way to defeat them is by getting your policies across. The way to silence a heckling crowd in sports that's against you and in favor of a you know a hometown uh, contender is by defeating that hometown contender. It's by putting points on the board. Knocking the ball where we want the ball. Making the plays we want to make. But nothing. Nothing. I mean... I'm now seeing in committee hearings even Ben Cardin, leftist Democrats, are getting to the right of the Trump administration on payments to the PLO. They're outraged by it. Of course the Democrats are frauds. Of course they had nothing to say when Obama was president. They were in bed with him. Didn't care about the PLO. But still, that's criminal. Like, So what, I'm going to sit and say – I'm going to sit and criticize the Democrats and say, how dare the Democrats get to our right? Well, how are they getting to our Right. It's so dishon It's just so dumb. More than anything else, there's so few of us left that could see through this. I, I just feel like taking a long summer vacation, and just just leaving for a month or something. This is a- this is an utter nightmare. I mean, there's so many articles I have out today. Illegal immigration is back up after going down. Lots of evidence that it's. Unaccompanied minors because of the promise of dream amnesty, keeping the Doc Amnesty. Where is everyone on that? Crickets. Obamacare, I mean, this is the thing. You know, there's a lot of talk about Trump not having any public appearances. He's just holed up in the White House watching Scarborough and cursing at the TV. Go out there and use your bigger bully pulpit than anyone else and make the case for why healthcare needs to not be run by the lobbyists and insurance companies. There's such a, I, I have another article on this, the beautiful populist message that that one could make, but not a BS populism, real constitutional free market populism against insurance companies that would really resonate. Crickets. Populist message on criminal aliens. The courts now, I have another article out on this. The courts, lower courts in Michigan, this crazy whacked out district judge Overturning a deportation of fourteen hundred criminal aliens from Iraq, some of them uh, Iraqi nationals, some of them murderers and rapists. Crickets. He should be giving a fireside chat video um, from the from the Oval Office every Thursday night, summing up what happened that week in a serious way, and saying, "Here's here's my priorities for the coming week. Here's what we need to do." He I mean, that is I mean, those are your drop shots in tennis. You know, while everyone thinks like, oh, Russia and Trump's going to say something stupid and we're going to feed on that. And the further, just do a drop shot right at volley right across the net. Get up there and give a serious policy speech and follow up with it. Boom. Here's what we're doing. We're doing this. We're doing that. So many things that they don't even know what hit them. The media can't even cover it all. And, And by the by the way, that was to a certain extent some of of what they were promising to do and started to do a little bit the first few weeks of the administration the idea was to blitz them so quickly that they didn't know what hit them that they would just be sitting there like uh what what do i shoot at you know that that's kind of the way we were during the obama administration i mean on any given week he would just promote 20 liberal policies on so many such a diverse array of policy issues we just didn't even know what to do i just you know that's the opportunity we have there. It doesn't have to be this way. But this is a race to the bottom. This is a movement that has become nothing but a clickbait, click servatives. And I say click, both C-L-I-C-K and C-L-I-Q-U-E is a click. Um, just a bunch of groupies that, uh, I'm just saying he, he could literally, there's nothing. I always say he could he could run a gay brothel out of the White House and and they'll say, well, but Bonnie Frank did it and the media didn't care. Yeah, but, you know, we did care, and now we don't care. I mean, I, I remember just until a few years ago, one of the big fault lines between conservatives and liberals, Republicans and Democrats, was that the Democrats had no standards. So, you know, everything was all moral relativism. Well, everyone makes mistakes, so therefore we shouldn't have standards. Who are you to judge? And I, I it's amazing, I'm hearing that from friends and colleagues, like literally King David did bad problems too. Just stupid things. I mean, it just from the pit of moral relativism and a pit of of, of social justice hell, evidently we've we've latched onto that. God doesn't want that from us. at some point, you know, we're overpowered. What we do doesn't get clicks. you know. To write about how the courts are destroying this country doesn't get clicks. To write about what a healthcare system should look like, the source of not just the health insurance problem, but the health care problem that we've been drumming away at, it's not sexy. But it sure will define whether we are a free and prosperous nation. It's not going to get clicks. You know, just go through all my stuff, the, the, the stuff that Mitch McConnell is doing in that Alabama Senate race. To get across that corrupt loser, Luther Strange. Nobody else is covering that. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much the only one. Where is everyone? Where is everyone? All our troops are focused on defending the indefensible. And, and just real quickly, I want to read to you from Andy McCarthy. And by the way, Andy McCarthy has written probably more articles than anyone else defending this administration legally on on the entire Russia Comey stuff um, this is his expertise especially with the FBI the Justice Department I mean there's nobody who's more knowledgeable than him um you know but he made very clear that there's a difference between legal things and and just values wise I mean does it make it right and I'm just gonna read to you some some quotes that it, 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 it's not just about framing the Russia issue, but just really everything going on with this administration. And he says as follows: on the right and in Republican circles there are staunch Trump supporters, as well as reluctant ones who vote for Trump reasoning that the only practical alternative was Hillary. The former are all in, seemingly no matter what Trump does, the latter support uh, but but the latter support him when he pushes conservative policies but are not invested in him politically or personally. Trump Russia brings the divide into sharp relief. The tepid-on-Trump camp is aghast at revelations of the extent and nature of the Trump clan's ties to the the murderous anti-American regime. And speaking only for myself, humbled by analysts who are more troubled by the circumstantial evidence in the absence of smoking guns, Trump fans, to the contrary, are doing the full Clinton, doubling down on the absurd insistence that Trump-Russia is the big ol' nothing burger. Look at the U.S. penal code, they scoff, defying outrage outraged Americans to identify a single criminal law violation that has been established. There is no crime they maintain in colluding with the Russian government to collect and broadcast damaging information about an opposition American candidate on the left. Meanwhile, are the legal beagles. They are busily squirreling through the law books and straining their creative brains to come up with an offense. Some novel prosecution theory under, under which Trump Russia facts can be pigeonholed into a campaign law violation a computer fraud crime, or maybe even, misprison <clears throat> or felony. One side is mulishly determined not to see outrageous misconduct. The other side is inadvertently trivializing it. But the question is not whether collusion is a crime. It is whether collusion is a high crime or misdemeanor. When I wrote Faithless Execution, my 2014 book about impeachment, I well understood that there was no prospect of impeaching President Obama. Indeed, I argued in the book that it would not, that it would be not merely foolish, but counterproductive to commence impeachment proceedings against the president as to whom there was no political prospect of removal from office. A failed impeachment effort would be like a license to, mut- to mutilate. It would tell a president who escaped the noose that he was in- <clears throat> invulnerable. It would actually encourage more misconduct. But there was still, I believe, a need for such a book. The wayward public debate after disclosure of the Trump Jr. emails proves this point. Not enough of us who are informing the public are informed ourselves about how our constitutional system is supposed to work. Nothing caused the framers greater anxiety than the new office they were creating, the presidency of the United States. They were rightly convinced of the need in a dangerous world for an energetic executive able to act swiftly and decisively in times of crisis. But being close students of human nature, they were equally worried that the enormous powers attendant to the office could be abused that they could fall into the hands of an unfit incumbent or that they could come under the influence of foreign powers. They thus gave Congress (coughs) this positive check, the power of impeachment and removal. Impeachment, not criminal prosecution, is our Constitution's response to egregious executive malfeasance. Thus, the critical part, the standard for impeachment, the commission of high crimes and misdemeanors, is not concerned with criminal offenses found in the penal statute books, and suitable for courtroom prosecution. It relates instead to the president's high fiduciary duty to the American people and allegiance to our system of government. Alexander Hamilton put it best in Federalist 65. Impeachable offenses are those, quote, which proceed from the misconduct of public men. And um, I, I I don't know what to say, folks. Again, Andy McCarthy has been prolific in defending this administration. No, you know I don't think he's trying to say you know he believes that that this proves he should be impeached. Um, just he's responding to the left wing legal people saying that you know it's not a criminal prosecution. If you want to go up against him, then impeachment's the tool. But his broader point that what are we doing defending the indefensible? I I just don't get it. I mean, I do get it. It's all about clicks, and this is where our audience is, and it's all about. You know, the media said it, so we have to oppose it and we have to fight the media and they're dishonest and you know, and I and I understand the frustration. I understand that the Democrats literally get away with murder. That everything they do is not a problem. Then me you have a Republican, it is a problem. And and my friends tell me they'd be doing this to any Republican, and they would be. But we wouldn't be giving them so much of this for free. And we wouldn't have the glass jaw like we have, and frankly, we'd be getting something out of it we're not getting anything for it and this is what is so indefensible in fact what are we getting for it we talked about russia all day monday all day tuesday all day wednesday and thursday today guess what now republicans once again in, with their fourth version of the health care bill are endorsing soviet style health care that's the real problem you know there's also news that Trump's gonna recertify the Iran deal at the next deadline. I mean I mean, again, w- w- what are we focusing on? What's the point? if we're gonna codify the other side's policies? There's a lot more stuff we're at of time i didn't I didn't get to, but watch for my my posts. I'm gonna put up, put in the show notes just the list of the articles we had from this week, um, just important items that we're missing. But basically, Obamacare, don't be f- fooled. Nothing changed. Uh, they made the bill even worse, even more bailouts, even more subsidies, even more keeping more of the taxes. Um, and th- this Cruz Amendment is phony. They bastardized the Cruzley Amendment to something that's not going to work. They have one risk pool instead of two. So basically, it keeps all the regs and subsidies that distort the market. Oh, but if you want, you could also offer some plans that are non compliant. <laughs> The market's already destroyed. I mean, you have to separate them out in a different pool if you're going to make that work with the high risk pools, and you know they're not doing that. So this whole thing is a farce anyway. Um, we'll have more on that on healthcare. You know, I, I at some point I hope to have some doctors on the on the show talk about concierge medicine, some things we could do on the supply side of healthcare, and actually address the problem despite health insurance being destroyed in this country. And th- that's the best we can do. that That's my promise, is to focus on what's right. You know, when you have Al Qaeda fighting ISIS, I'm not going to get involved because there's no clean play to make. I'm not going to get involved in that. Micah 6.8, our job is to do what we can do, to walk discreetly with the Lord, do what's right, the outcomes are for him, and hopefully through that, God will bless our efforts. And and you know, like I said, I'm going to give it all until I can no longer do so. Until next week, thanks for listening. God bless. This has been another episode of the Conservative Conscience.